Will you please join me in this prayer? Dear God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations on all of our hearts be worthy in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. If life is a journey, then I'm sure we've all had some rough patches that are hard to walk through. Life, when it is good, can feel like looking down off the top of a conquered mountain, taking in the splendor of the fields and the rivers below, basking in the wind and taking in the smell of the grass and the rain. But life isn't always like that, no matter how much we would like it to be. The path in life is rarely ever a steady and straight line. There are hills and there are valleys. Sometimes events beyond our control bring us off the beaten path into forests or valleys that we never imagined ourselves before. The sun is blocked by dense growth or the very mountains themselves. And we get so lost, we cannot even begin to imagine how to get back on the path that we were before. Sometimes we get back on that path of life. And other times we find our way to make it through onto a new route. But in times of trouble, we often find ourselves looking upward and asking for help. For those in ancient Israel, life was harsher, both figuratively and literally. Travel ran the risk of running into bandits on the road. Sick sickness was nowhere near as treatable as it is now, and famine was a reality that could wipe out villages in a year. Rain and storms could save life by watering crops, but also could prevent travel and trade. War was more common, and it would take men from cities and villages and could decimate entire countries. Life and death were always just around the corner, and in some senses, a part of everyday life. If life is a journey, for those in the ancient world, then the roads of life could seem to veer off track rapidly. This caused people to look for shelter in secure and security in places we often don't consider. Our reading today is from Psalm 21, saying, I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where will my help come from? Certainly, this was a question for many people in ancient Israel. Whether it was an army on the horizon or failing crops, many people looked for assurances of help. And that was exactly the problem. You see, hills and the ancient Israelites have more connections than you may think. It was a common belief 
in the times of the Old Testament that gods dwelled on mountains. Similar to Mount Olympus in ancient Greece, the ancient Canaanite religion believed the mountains were closer to the heavens and therefore existed as a sort of mystical realm where the gods could meet with humanity. Even Yahweh, the God of Israel, revealed himself on Mount Sinai to Moses, first in the burning bush, then in the smoke covering the mountain, and finally through the cleft in a rock. However, even after God declared there would only be worship in the temple of Jerusalem, with no images or idols, this didn't stop the tradition left over from the Canaanites. People continued to worship other gods, such as Baal, Asherah, and El on mountaintops throughout the country, but especially in the northern kingdom of Israel, far from Jerusalem. Baal was a god of storms and is often featured as an enemy of Yahweh in the Old Testament, probably because of actual tensions in the time that the Bible was written. Worshiping gods besides Yahweh, the God of the Israelites, was so prevalent that almost every major prophet in the Old Testament features some sort of critique against idol worship, especially on the top of mountains, under trees, near sacred poles dedicated to the other Canaanite gods. This is where we get our reading in Exodus. God has just forgiven the Israelites at Mount Sinai after they had made a golden calf idol while waiting for Moses. The Lord warns the people of the new land they are going into. He says, there will be people there who will attempt to convert you to their ways and religions. He instructs the Israelites to tear down their altars, their pillars, and their sacred poles. These sacred poles actually refer to the form of worship found on the top of mountains in the northern kingdoms of Israel later on. They are known as Asherah poles, trees dedicated to the Canaanite goddess of fertility, Asherah. The author of our psalm today seems to know of this tradition of idolry. I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where will my help come? The answer is found in the next line. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Help will not come from the hills where the people of Israel lift their eyes. Help comes from the maker of the universe. This psalm was used as an ascent psalm, a song sung by pilgrims on their way to visit and worship Jerusalem. It is a reminder that unlike the other gods, the ones found on hills and on mountains, that the Lord is in control. The road to Jerusalem could be dangerous. The longer the journey, the more likely the pilgrims could encounter bandits, dangerous animals, or get injured. But they chose to trust in God above all else. 
Now, we in a modern society don't encounter many people trying to convert us to the local pagan tradition. There are no statues to gods on the top of Kennedy Hill Road or Castle Rock State Park. But idols are still part of our lives. Anything that we put our trust into more than God could be considered an idol, whether we are conscious of it or not. Our government could be considered an idol. Our political affiliation could be considered an idol. Our own personal ideals could be an idol. Family members and, and even ourselves can become idols when we put our trust in them instead of our God. This isn't to say that we shouldn't put our trust in people or organizations. All throughout the Bible, people and groups are used to make God's will known in the world. But putting ultimate trust into humans alone will leave us uncertain when they fail to live up to our hopes and our standards. We need to remember the one who can save both our bodies and our souls. We have a greater advantage than those of ancient Israel because of what we know. We know God cares so deeply for us that Jesus died for us. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again for us, then it means that God is not only worthy of our trust, but saves our bodies and our souls as well. What other force can we put our trust in that can do the same? Sometimes our lives are uncertain. We don't know where the next day will bring us, what roads we will end up going down. But we do know no matter where our lives take us, it will always end in the same place, at the throne of Christ. So you must ask yourself, in times of trouble on this pilgrimage of life, what are the hills you lift your eyes up to? Where does your help come from? Amen.